Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kansas City Actors Radio Theater. I'm your host, John Rensenhaus, and we're delighted to be on the air again with you this week. In today's episode, we bring back our beloved Bickersons, written by Philip Rapp. This episode is called The Bickersons Need a Vacation, and it was first aired on August 14th, 1951, starring Francis Langford and Lou Parker. But starring for us, says Blanche and John Bickerson, we once again have the real-life married couple in Kansas City Actors Theater board members, Hillary Clemens and Matt Schwader. Oh, and make sure you stay tuned for the very end of the episode when we'll have a little talk with Hillary and Matt, and we will debut a very special, very unique, and truly unforgettable mini rendition of The Bickersons. And now, The Bickersons Need a Vacation. First time I've been hungry in the morning and she's not here to... Well, would you look at the way she's arranged the table? Oh, silly romantic kid. Breakfast by candlelight? Oh, oh she's even got my cereal on the stove. Well, I, I won't wait for her to serve me. Mmm, 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 best she's ever made. Oh, I didn't think you'd be up yet, John. I just dashed out to get some eggs. Oh, that's all right, honey. You're not angry? Of course not. Say, this breakfast by candlelight is wonderful, Blanche. Whatever gave you the idea? The bulb blew out and I couldn't find a new one. Oh. Now stop stuffing yourself while I'm talking. What's that you're eating? Mm. Oatmeal. Oatmeal? Mm -hmm. Where'd you get oatmeal? <laughs> You ought to know you left me a whole pot of it on the stove. That's the wallpaper paste. <laughs> Why, you promised to paper the bathroom this morning. Oh, oh, how could I have made such a mistake? I should have known it wasn't your oatmeal. It wasn't lumpy enough. Well, don't be so funny. Now, that was the last of the paste. Now, how are you going to put the wallpaper up? I'll lick it in place. Blanche, how can you worry about wallpaper when I'm practically poisoned? Oh, you're not poisoned. It's just flour and water. Now, you just read your paper, and I'll whip you up a nice omelet. Mm -hmm. I'm not hungry anymore. Oh, don't be like that, John. I've already got the powdered eggs on. Now, all I have to do is chop up the turnips and peel the frog's legs. Oh, it's a wonderful dish. I'm not eating any powdered frog's legs. Well, what do you want me to do with it? Give it to the cat. You hate that cat, don't you? I don't hate anybody. I'm just getting tired of those outlandish dishes you keep making. Well, what do you care? You never eat them. Can you blame me? Last week, you made a seven-layer broccoli cake. And the week before, you gave me a bowl of sheep soup. Who ever heard of sheep soup? That wasn't sheep soup. It was possum broth. If it's all the same to you, Blanche, I'll have my breakfast out. Well, all right, dear. And as long as you're going out, would you mind dropping this bundle at the laundromat? I haven't the time, Blanche. I'll be late. Late? For what? Didn't you tell me you weren't working this week? Uh, that's right. But I, I've got another appointment. Well, your appointment can wait. Let's sit down and discuss where we'll spend your vacation. I'm not on a vacation. I've been laid off for a week. Well, whatever you call it. Anyway, we both can use a rest. Mm -hmm. Now, how would you? like to go to Yellowstone National Park, John? Fine. Where will you go? What kind of a question is that? 
Oh, Blanche, how can you think about vacations when I haven't even got car fare to go to the Unemployment Bureau? Well, if you made a decent living, you could go there in a cab. Now, you better start thinking about making some real money, John. I make enough. Oh, sure. You've been working seven years, and you haven't even earned enough to file an income tax return. I have, too. Why, this year I even filed a claim for overpayment of taxes, and you know it because I gave it to you to mail. Well, I didn't mail it. Why not? Why should I spend three cents to tell the government they owe you two cents? Blanche? Please, don't rile me up this morning. I've, I've got to keep my blood pressure down. Well, what's the matter with your blood pressure? Uh, nothing. I, I'll see you later, Blanche. No. Wait a minute. Where are you going, John? Uh, if you must know, I've, I've got an appointment with the insurance doctor. He's, he's going to examine me for a policy. Again? Well, you were examined for insurance last week. Yeah, I have to go back for another checkup. John, is something wrong with you? Well, well I... now don't hold anything back from me, dear. I am your wife and I have a right to know. Why did they turn you down? The doctor said I was sluggish. Sluggish? Yeah. I fell asleep twice while he was examining me with his stethoscope. He said my heart sounded like a freight train. Oh, he was probably tuned in on your snores. Oh, there is nothing wrong with you, John. You have another policy, don't you? Sure, I got it two months ago. Well, there, that proves you're healthy. How much is it for? Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars? That won't even pay for your funeral. I mean, that's an awfully small policy. I got the cat insured for more than that. Well, they wouldn't give me any more at the time. They said I was bad risk, you know, sluggish. Well, that's ridiculous. How could they refuse insurance to such a husky-looking specimen? Now, you go down there, John. You'll pass that test. You are in perfect health. Oh, you really think so, Blanche? Of course. <laughs> and while you're down there, have the doctor phone me. I want to talk to him about my insurance policy. What's wrong with it? Oh, nothing, dear. I just want to change it and make my mother the beneficiary. Your mother? What about me? I can't take chances, John. At least I know she'll still be around to collect. Goodbye, Blanche. Clara, been waiting long. Only a few minutes, Blanche. I brought little Ernie along. He's over there in the corner poking around in the fuse box. Won't he get a shock? If he does, I'll kill him. <laughs> oh, now let me give you a hand with that bundle. Oh, well, thanks, Clara. Listen, if sisters can't help each other out once in a while, who can? Here, we can put your laundry in this machine. Oh. Oh, no, no, wait, that one already has some laundry in it. Just a few things of Barney's and mine. Long as it costs a quarter, why shouldn't we get the full benefit of it? There. Now put your quarter in. Oh, all right. Oh, well, let's sit down over here. How's John been? Same as ever. Sluggish, huh? He's been working too hard, Blanche. What he needs is a vacation. Oh, he's got a vacation, but he won't go anywhere. He thinks we can't afford the prices in those resort hotels. What do you need a hotel for? Oh, listen. Barney's brother Rudy from Oklahoma is motoring in today with his whole family. They're coming by trailer. And Barney says they'd like to rent an apartment and sell the trailer. A trailer? Oh, that sounds exciting. You could go anywhere, and it wouldn't cost you a penny. I'm sure Rudy will sell the trailer for cheap. Oh, well, the only money I've got available is John's insurance money. <laughs> 
Blanche, you know as well as I do, John's much too sluggish to pass any insurance examination. You might as well help him enjoy that $150 while there's still time. Well, of course, a vacation would do us both a world of good. Then it's settled. I'll tell Barney to arrange a deal for the trailer with his brother, Rudy. Now, where's my little Ernie? I don't know. Not last I saw him, he was sitting on my laundry just before you stuffed it into the washing machine. Blanche, you don't think I could have? Oh, he'll be furious. I gave him his bath this morning. Oh, stop the machine. Oh, 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 relax, Clara. Oh, Ernie isn't in the washing machine. Oh, he's perfectly safe over there, sitting on the counter. Where? There trying to cut his hair with that electric fan. <laughs> now then, Bickerson, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. My nurse get your medical history in the waiting room? Mm-hmm. As I recall, you were rejected on your last application for life insurance. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And what was the medical diagnosis at that time? Uh, <clears throat> sluggish. Of course. Of course, I can't understand why that slipped my mind. All right, let's have a look at you. Back first. <clears throat> oh. Okay, uh, d- d- turn around. <clears throat> Are you always as pasty-faced as this? Only after breakfast. How's that? Yeah, no, this isn't one of my best days. Oh. I see. However, you you don't have to hold my wrist. I I can stand by myself. I'm taking your pulse. Oh, oh, uh, go right ahead. Uh, 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 hmm. What is it, Doc? Uh, Well, let me take your pulse one more time while you step up and down on this chair. Hmm. Okay, ready? Hmm. And go. (coughs) Oh. What is it, Doc? Is it bad? You've got to tell me. I I have a right to know. You stepped on my foot! Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, You want to try it again? No, I'd rather not risk it. Your heart is clanking like an iron claw machine as it is. What are you wrapping that thing around my arm for? Just relax. I want to get your blood pressure. Oh. What is it, Doc? Is it bad? Strange for a man who's so sluggish. You've got the highest blood pressure I've ever recorded. I have? Do you drink? Well, thank you, Doc. What do you got? I wasn't offering any. I'm trying to account for this high blood pressure. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, now and then, I, I do have a, a drop of bourbon uh, at weddings or other <sighs> festive and aggravating occasions, mostly when I lose my temper. Bickerson, the only way you'll ever get your blood pressure down enough to pass an insurance examination is to give up bourbon entirely. Give up bourbon entirely? Yes. How can you suggest such a thing, Doc? I hate scotch. No, no scotch either. You'll have to make a, a substitution of some sort. You mean like scotch? No. No, 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 no. Whenever you feel like you're about to lose your temper, instead of taking a drink, eat something. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a joke? You want to be eligible for life insurance, don't you? I don't know. 
I'm not sure I even want to stay alive. Well, that's your problem. My advice is total abstinence. But, Doc, I've got two whole cases of bourbon at home. Uh, can't I start this eating business after they're finished, uh, say, next week? In your present condition, I suggest that you pour that bourbon down the drain. All of it? Why not? After all, you can't take it with you when you go. Doc, if I can't take it with me, I'm going to send it ahead. John, I've got a lovely surprise for you. Later, darling. Later. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. And let me kiss you first. What? Uh, you'll never find me grumpy or irritable again. And what's more, I want you to take all my bourbon and pour it all down the drain. Oh, this is awful. What's awful? Well, the roast caught fire. I burned my finger in the soup. The bathroom door has been stuck all day. And now you come home drunk. What are you talking about? I've never been more sober in my life. And I promised the doctor that I'd never touch another drop of bourbon. Really, John? Yep. He convinced me that losing my temper makes my blood pressure rise. And instead of taking a drink when I lose my temper, I'm supposed to eat something. Well, that sounds wonderful, but will it work? Of course. Why, on the way home tonight, I ran out of gas and I had to push the car for five blocks to a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't find out till later that I had the brake on. Oh, you must have been angry. I was furious, but I just calmly chewed on a hot dog. I can hardly believe it. Well, that's nothing. When I pulled up in front of the house just now, my brakes didn't hold, and I plowed right into a big trailer some idiot parked there. You didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I shoved it right over to the next to a fire plug. It ruined both of my fenders and broke my bumper. But I just sat there eating a banana. Now, what's the surprise you have for me, dear? John, that trailer you ran into? Yes? I bought it with your insurance money this morning. Oh, Blanche. Quick, give me a plate of ham and eggs. Wild horses couldn't drag the obstinate John on a vacation in a trailer, but Blanche Bickerson is a nag of a different color. So two o'clock in the morning finds the Bickerson automobile and trailer moving in the general direction of Yellowstone National Park. This is John Bickerson's first vacation in seven years, and his wife Blanche is determined to see that he gets a good rest. They have been driving steadily for nine hours. Listen. John, mm -hmm. don't slump like that. I'm not slumping. You are, too. Your eyes are almost closed, and your head keeps lolling on my shoulder. Well, I'm sleepy, Blitch. I, I, I can't drive anymore. You're not driving. I am. Oh. You haven't touched the wheel for the last eight hours. I've driven all the way since we left that gas station in Bakersfield. What were we doing in Bakersfield? You and the car got tanked up at the same time. Now, I am warning you, John Bickerson. I am not going to stand for your conduct much longer. I am growing old, having to battle with you because of your acts. What do you think I am? Old battle axe? What? Just put out the lights, Blanche. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm not listening. Drive careful, Blanche. Good night. Oh, I wish we'd never started on this trip. Shh! I won't shush! You have got no right to treat me like a truck driver. You haven't been one minute's help to me. I don't know where I'm going. I can't understand these dials on the dashboard. I'm telling you now, John, if you fall asleep once more, I'll run out of gas. You say it, but you won't do it. 
That settles it. I am not going to drive another step. Well, pull over to the side. You, you can't stop in the middle of the highway. You're blocking traffic. Oh, all right. Well, it won't start. Let me see that gas gauge. Empty. Why didn't you tell me we were running low? I told you I didn't know anything about it. Well, there's no use sitting here. There's only one way to get this outfit over to the side of the road, and that's by pushing it. You don't touch a thing till I tell you. Okay, Blanche. Well, I can't even budge it, John. You come out and push. Wait a minute. Uh, let me try this stuff. You didn't have the ignition key on. That's it. Well, turn off the headlights, John. It, okay, come back here in the trailer. Now, where did I put that suitcase with my nightgown? John? John? Oh, where is he? What is he doing in that car? How can that man sleep with his head in the glove compartment? Oh, I can't believe it. John! Oh, stop it! Stop it! Get out of there! Get out of there, Blanche! Uh, yeah, yeah, what's, what's the matter? What, what time is it, Blanche? Oh, come on out of that car and get to sleep in the trailer. Now, watch your step. I'm sleepy. I don't want to open my eyes. Well, go on, get in, take your clothes off. Where's the bed? Oh, you just pull down the ironing board and you hook it to the bread box. I can't sleep on an ironing board? What kind of trailer is this? Well, you don't have to sleep on the ironing board. That just makes the slats. Now, you just fold the stove underneath and you slide the seat pads on top. There. Isn't that clever? Wonderful. Good night. And the other bed hook's on the other side. You see how simple it is? I hate it. Oh, you're never satisfied with anything. This trailer's a darn sight better than our apartment, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. It's got every modern convenience. There's more closet space than we have. There's a lovely metal sink, and the bathroom is uh, out of this world. That's what I was afraid of. Blow out the candle, Blanche. It's not a candle. It's an electric bulb shaped like a candle. Well, turn it off and go to sleep. I... I've never been so tired in all my life. Well, if it won't trouble you too much, I'd like to get my clothes off. Would you mind unzipping my bag? No. <clears throat> Back up. Thanks. Here's the zipper. John Bickerson! I, I couldn't help it. The darn thing came off in my hand. Why don't they sew it on tight? Oh, I'm going to take it back to Madame Selma's and get a refund. And then I'm going to go out and buy some real clothes. You've got plenty of clothes. I have not. You have to. You spend a fortune on clothes. Oh, how can you say that? All I own is this dress and that red dinner gown. And I got that gown for a ridiculous figure. Well, you were fatter then. I'm talking about the price. Don't you go babbling about me spending money on clothes. Is it a crime if I need a new dress? You always need a new dress. When I married you, you didn't have a rag on your back. Now you're covered with them. Uh, that's not what I mean. It's true, though. All I've got is rags. And you scream your head off if I buy one dress a year. In another two months, I'll have absolutely nothing to wear around the house. And then what'll I do? Pull down the shades. Oh, believe me, Gloria Gooseby. Gloria Gooseby. Gloria Gooseby got the right kind of husband. That Leo gives her everything and he never squawks. <laughs> Leo covers her with diamonds and bundles her in furs. Leo bought her a blue mink coat last month. And the month before that, Leo gave her a pearl necklace. I saw her last week and what do you think she's got wrapped around her little finger? Leo? No, she hasn't. She's got a ring with a diamond in it as big as my head. 
head. Maybe it's as big, but I bet it's not as thick. You be careful how you talk to me, Well, you John. are always riling me up. I didn't start anything. You did. You you want to do nothing but fight. Fight, 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 Shh, fight. Quiet. You'll wake the neighbors. What neighbors? We're in a trailer a million miles from everybody. Oh, I wish I was home. So do I. Good night. Oh, John. Can't we even enjoy ourselves for one week? I I didn't mean to start anything. Yeah, well, uh, go to bed. I... I'm so tired. I I don't know what I'm doing. All right. Well, you hand me my cold cream from the overnight bag, will you, uh, please, John? It's right under your bed. Uh, how do you jam all this stuff into one small bag? Hairnets, bobby pins, slippers, stockings, bathrobe. Ah, here's your cold cream. Thanks, dear. What's this? Since when do they put fur on them? All earmuffs have fur on them. Oh, oh, they're earmuffs. <laughs> Are you ready for bed now? Yes, dear. <sighs> Good night. Let's talk. Blanche, I don't feel like talking. I want to sleep. Well, I don't understand you. I swear I don't. You never want to talk. Not to me, anyway. I mean a real conversation, John. Mm -hmm. Do you know you haven't actually spoken to me for three months? Mm -hmm. Why is that, John? I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, see, and then you say I start everything. Now, can't you say something nice to me just once in your life? Must you always dig at me? Blanche, it's three o'clock in the morning. I don't care. I try to be sweet to you, and you won't even be civil. Oh, dear. I'll bet there isn't another woman alive who has to humiliate herself the way I do to get a kind word from her husband. Now, why did you marry me if you can't stand the sight of me? I can stand the sight of but you. But you don't love me. Yes, I do. You don't. You don't. You don't. Don't. I tell you, I do. Then why don't you say it? I've said it until I'm blue in the face. I I've made records in seven different languages. I I've got your face embroidered on my shorts. I've even offered to stamp out John Loves Blanche with a hot branding iron, didn't I? You wouldn't let me do it, would you? No. Why not? Because it was burning my hip. Well, if you can't stand a little pain, don't keep asking for proof of my love. I'm going to tell you for the last time, Blanche, no man ever felt about a woman the way I feel about you. Honest. Honest. Do you really despise me? You know I do. What? I, I mean, no. Oh, please, don't start that all over again, well, Blanche. I can't help feeling... What? what was that? What was what? Outside the trailer. Oh, oh, I thought I heard somebody prowling around. Oh, get up and look, oh, John. No, there's nobody there. You left the keys in the car. Now, why don't you get up and there, look? There's nothing to look for. That proves you don't love me. You once told me you'd face death for me, didn't you? Yes. Then why don't you go see who it is? How do I know he's dead? John, if anybody breaks in here, will you save me? Yes, I'll save you. Why? Oh, what's the matter with you, Blanche? Why don't you just calm down? Go to sleep. I can't sleep. I'm worried. I tell you, there's nobody outside. No, it's it's not that. I, I, I've got something to tell you. Well, tell me. If you give me a kiss, I'll tell you. Well, tell me now and I'll kiss you later. You might not feel like kissing me later. I don't feel like kissing you now. Not after the way you've upset me. What have you done? Well, you remember when we stopped for gas in Las Vegas? I remember. Well, I went into the washroom to powder my nose and... They had a slot machine built into the mirror. Uh, you went for it, huh? Hmm? How many nickels did you lose? It was a dollar machine. <laughs> oh, Blanche, <laughs> you didn't lose a dollar. I lost forty-seven dollars. Forty-seven dollars? You squandered my life savings on a one-armed bandit? Well, I was only trying to make enough to pay for- How can you throw away my money like that? I work like a slave to hold on to a few pennies. I deny myself everything. I've been sewing collars on your old girdles and wearing them around for turtlenecks, sweaters. 
I don't even own a pair of pants. I just wear a long coat and walk to work on my knees. And she gambles away $47. I never gambled in my life. Last week, you bought a raffle ticket for a quarter. What raffle? It was a pawn ticket. I hocked my teeth. Blanche, I take an oath John! here and- John! John! Quick! Oh, oh, there's somebody unhitching the car! Don't try to change the subject. We're gonna have a showdown now if it's- John! Look out the window! <sighs> what are you talking about? Where? What happened to the car, Blanche? It's gone. I told you there was a prowler. You wouldn't listen. Oh, I, how do we get the police? That crook made off of my car. Well, well, now you don't have to get hysterical, John. He can't get away with it. Why not? Because I copied down his license number. Oh, what's the use? Good night, Blanche. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, well, that's quite an ending. I mean, that's wonderful, those Bickersons, but now I'm worried about them. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I'm not worried about Matt and Hillary because we have them here with us in the studio. Uh, welcome, Matt and Hillary. Great job on this episode again. Thank you. Thanks, oh, John. Thanks, John. Hi. Uh, you're recording this stuff from home. Uh, what's it like working from home together? Are we on one microphone or two or how? We're I mean, gazing into each other's eyes. Quite from, literally. Very literally across uh, a, a microphone. And it is, it's it's very romantic. Also, I mean, I do have to say, it really cuts down on the commute. That's I mean, true. It's, it's great. Upstairs, now, downstairs. Upstairs, downstairs. Are, are you still working out of the Pack and Play studio? We talked about that last time. Yeah, right? yeah. well, this, yeah. We so, did record the episode inside our glamorous Pack and Play yeah, studio. This episode was recorded in that, um, but we have officially retired the Pack and Play studio, oh. and we have graduated to uh, crouching into our closet with our clothes. Oh, you've made it back into the closet. It's, really a, well, it's a lateral move. <laughs> <laughs> now, are, are we in the closet? Because I know you have two little children, and they're probably running around uh, screaming, demanding things. Uh, how does that work out, trying to record things? It's a real challenge. Uh, oftentimes, we schedule our recordings for after bedtime, and that's another reason why we hide in the closet. Which is so also an waiting. act of optimism. So, okay, so they don't hear you recording this. Do they hear you rehearsing it at all? No, well, they, they have Sometimes, heard us rehearse it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But they have heard uh, the recordings. Uh, they've heard they've it when we've listened on the radio and, uh, and, and on our podcast as well. And they've even requested to listen to them from time to time, which is <laughs> both embarrassing and sweet. Well, and they've also, they surprised us because they started playing a game yes. that they call the Bickersons, in which they pretend to be John and Blanche. This was oh. not inspired by us encouraging them to play this game. They created their own game. Oh, they stunned us. Yes, one hundred percent. Although Children's... I was uh, very insulted because it was described to me as a game in which John tries to sleep and Blanche won't let him. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you happen to catch any of this uh, digitally? We did, in fact. I actually have a recording if you'd like to hear it. Oh. Well, I would love to hear it. Now, this is your son, Henry, who's how old? He is, uh, well, when this was recorded, he was almost five. He was four years old, and uh, he's five now. Okay, and your daughter, Mabel, who is a bit younger. Yes, Mabel is two, but she will uh, make sure that you know she is almost three. Yes, they were both almost three and almost five, almost five. at the time of this recording. All right, well, here we have Henry and Mabel, almost five and almost three, as <laughs> Blanche and John Bickerson. Oh, baby, I've been doing this and sleeping for a long time. Don't let me 
Seriously, you guys, you must discourage them from going into the theater, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yes, we we whisper subliminal messages like anesthesiology <laughs> right. when they're napping. <laughs> oh well, that was just wonderful, and thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, this week's cast also included Marissa Tejeda as Clara and Keenan Ramos as the Doctor. The episode was directed by Gary Heiser, and Mary Robinson was the sound engineer and supervisor. Kansas City Actors Radio Theater is made possible with support from listeners like you. Our program sponsors include the Richard J. Stern Foundation for the Arts, the Estelle S. and Robert A. Long Ellis Foundation, Arts KC, the Missouri Arts Council, the National Endowment for the Arts, Theater League, and the Bridenthal Snyder Foundation. With a special thanks to Mark and Valerie Andrus. For information about supporting Kansas City Actors Theater, visit kcactors.org backslash donate. I'm John Rensenhouse. Until next time. Good night, John. Oh, good night, Blanche. Good night.